Hey everyone, it's Satya, and you're listening to Love, Love Sex, Sex, and, and the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. agenda. Today, uh, I am joined by a wonderful guest. Her name is Isa Lara Marie. And Isa is a channel and a healer in service to all that is. She offers energy medicine, shamanic work, channeling, and body-centered psychotherapy techniques. Her training includes a lifelong apprenticeship with a pick and a shaman, as well as Hakomi certification from founder Ron Kurtz and many other body-centered psychotherapy modalities. Her work is a blend of the Toltec shamanic lineage, along with angelic and galactic guidance. Isa offers in-person as well as remote healing sessions, and she teaches energy medicine and shamanic trainings. Isa's dedication is to healing in all forms, and she serves as a medium and a bridge from the spirit realm to this world. So I want to share a little bit why um, I invited Isa onto the podcast. So in my healing journey, I came to a point where I wasn't sure who to trust with my, um, with my process of healing the trauma that I had endured um, for a number of reasons. One part of that was that I was scared to say it out loud because I thought, well, it's going to make it, it's going to make it so real that I don't know if I have the capacity to really handle the level of trauma I remember. And the other part of that was that some of the healing that I was going through, um, it wasn't linear. Like it, it was multidimensional. It was coming from people in my family and from the church I grew up in. It was ritualistic and scary. And I wasn't quite sure if I was like making it up or if it really happened to me. I didn't have a lot of proof, um, but it was running my life. It was running all my relationships. It was like this background narrative I could not shake. I couldn't scrub it out of my brain no matter what I did. And I finally got to this point in my early 40s after um, having a miscarriage where it was so much in my face that I couldn't deny it any longer. And somebody recommended um, that I meet Isa when I was living up in Mount Shasta. They were like, I know a healer that could handle you. <laughs> and it was funny because I always felt like um, most healers or therapists that I went to generally got overwhelmed with the level of things I was dealing with. I had gone from shaman to shaman, healer to healer, trying to find people who could help me deal with my levels of awareness or my abilities um, because it scared me. And I wasn't, I, I, I needed confirmation. I needed someone who could co-see with me to validate me. Um, 
And I didn't need that all the time, just sometimes. And when it came like these deep, deep feeling moments, like crisis moments, I was really seeking that. So I found Isa. I had a session with her. And within the first moments of meeting her, she confirmed something um, about me. And I, I'm going to tell you what you said, Isa. I don't know if you remember, but I remember sitting down and without me telling any backstory, you didn't hear anything about me. Um, you just said, you have two implants. Um, one is in your lower spine and one is in your neck. And um, you've had these, um, how did you say it? I think you said you, you from both lineages of your family, you've um, kind of, the way I understood it was like you were, you had like two stalking spirits or like your parents on both sides had agreements with darker entities and it had, um, it was affecting you and you were afflicted in this way. Well, what you didn't know at the time is that I had been dealing with these implants um, in me. And this was part of what I was so scared to talk about because how do you go to a doctor or a therapist or someone and say, I have these implants in my spine and I need them out. So I had been told um, in India by um, a shaman that I was working with there that if he removed the implants that um, I could possibly die because it was so old and they were feeding off my spinal fluid and it was just this grandiose story and I'm not going to go into the whole story right now <laughs> that will be for a different episode that is how um, my healing journey with Isa started so I've been trying to get Isa to come and speak to my sins or invite her in different ways to show up and lo and behold here we are like three or four years later <laughs> And she finally said yes. So thank you, Isa, for being here with me today. Thank you, Amalia. Hi, thank you. <laughs> so one of our sessions, so I did a number of sessions with Isa. Each one was profound and really helped me to restructure myself. It helped me to balance out the... Uh, immense amount of trauma and PTSD I had in my system. I met Issa right after my um, house fire and after a miscarriage, like I mentioned. But there was a number of other paranormal things going on in my life. And um, with removing some implants and helping me just stabilize my system, Issa kind of helped me navigate, which then was a few more years of some really far out information that I needed to like sit with. And a lot of it had to do with my um, childhood trauma. And I remember one particular session, I came to Isa and I said, okay, uh, I had finally like trusted her enough. I thought, okay, now I'm going to give her the real crazy stuff. The implants are one thing, but now I'm going to talk <laughs> about the, the stuff I haven't dared to speak. And I said, Isa, I have to tell you something, and I want you to tell me if I'm crazy or not. Just you can read my body system. Am I lying to myself? Um, so I said, I'm, I'm, I will share a story with you. I want you to tell me if, um, if you think I'm making it up crazy. And you just, before I could say a word, you said, stop. I want to tell you something. Um, I want to tell you my story. And you stopped me and you 
proceeded to tell me a little bit about your story and your childhood and how you grew up. And up until that point, I had not shared my background with Isa at all. Um, in fact, I'm not even sure if I've shared it with you yet. <laughs> but what she <laughs> shared with me <laughs> was so radical. Um, I just felt myself shaking and crying. And her story was so similar to mine. Like, who would have known that that's what she was about to say? Um, and that session I had with her, um, she said, look, I'm not, I think you said to me, I'm not going to tell you exactly um, what you experienced. Like, I'm going to help your nervous system stabilize so you can handle the information and so you can integrate this information um, that comes. And basically what happened is I left Isa and I was going on a camping trip that day with um, five girlfriends of mine who ironically were the ones who had introduced me to Isa. Um, and as I got in the car on this long camping journey, they were asking me, how was your session with Isa? And I said, I'm speechless, but she told me something about her childhood that is so similar to mine. And I'm just trying to comprehend it. And I shared with them a little bit about what you told me and you'd given me permission to share with them. And I was like, this is a little bit about her, her background. And for those of you who are on the edge of your seat going, what is it? <laughs> it was around um, ritual abuse through the church. And I shared, I just said that much to these women in the car and all of them went silent. Everybody was in this deep, um, thoughtful space. And one by one, they each said, that's my story too. And I just remember that weekend, you know, we didn't talk much. It, none of us in the car could really speak to it either. And I, I realized, um, you know, at that moment, Isa was like our hero because I said she's writing a book man, and she's given me permission to tell you that she's writing this book. And we've all known Isa and known that she's been, you know, our best secret. She only works by introduction. She would never advertise. She would not speak publicly about from as much as I knew. And so I felt like, wow, she's going to write a book on it. This is going to be so powerful for me, um, but also for these five women sitting with. And so today is that day that we get to hear more <laughs> about your story, Isa. Thank you. I know this has been a very, very long journey for you. Um, so are you ready to dive in? Thank you, Amalia. I am so ready. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. So Issa, we knew today as like someone who has a thriving healing practice, you help a lot of people um, move through traumatic experience. You connect them to their guide. You help them transcend, um, you know, difficult experiences, heal their body, mind, soul, um, working as a channel and as a, as a shamanic guide. I know that you didn't just um, show up like that, right? <laughs> so can you take us back in time to um, what brought you eventually to being a healer and a teacher, but like 
what were those earlier memories? Um, where did you find that the trauma really started? Wherever you want to start in your story, I would love to, to hear. Absolutely, Amalia, thank you. Well, my story, people always ask me, when did you, where did you get shamanically trained? And I recognized over the years that truly where I was shamanically trained was in my childhood. Um, as a very young child, I was delivered to a fundamentalist Christian church in the hills of Appalachia in North Carolina. And I was repeatedly ritually sexually abused by a cult there led by one of the preachers in the church and the, um, also a group of men in the church. And that really was my shamanic training. Uh, during that time, this went on for many years, I was completely dissociative my entire life until I was 22 years old. I, I had never actually entered my body. My soul had never entered my body until I was actually 22 years old. And during that time of being ritually sexually abused, I, I was out of my body. You could say in the ethers, in the light realms with many different light beings and I was being guided, I was being assisted, I was being helped and trained uh, how to really make it through this very horrific, heinous ordeal where most of the time I wanted to die. Uh, most of the time I was very suicidal during that time. Um, but with the help of incredible uh, spiritual support, I was very much trained on how to stay alive, really, how to cope, and how to utilize those skills to become a medium and a channel. I was taught how to, you know, of course, in that situation, leave my body. And eventually, that very skill of dissociation led me to be a trance channel, the ability to leave my body and allow guides of the highest light to, to come through me, and also energy of the highest light to come through me as a channel. And it really was, it really was my training. Wow, it's powerful. And... How old were you when the abuse started? Do you remember? I don't remember the onset, the beginning. I was under eight years old when it started. And because of the nature of memory, especially in very young, ritualized, repetitive abuse, it, it's common to have what they call conscious amnesia. And that's how the spirit actually helps you survive. It's a very brilliant technique where you forget you're, you're so dissociated and your memory is blank and there's very little memory during the time of the trauma. 
until you're ready later and then you wake up from that. It's a really a trance space. But mm-hmm. it did start very young and it went in the cult, it went until I was 15 years old. And when did you sort of start remembering or when did you realize like, like was it was it conscious all those years that you were being abused um, or like how did you see help or how did you kind of take that step to start processing all of this? Yeah, it's a great question. I had no conscious memory during the time because I was so severely dissociative and also was in a very extreme conscious amnesia state in order to keep from going crazy and also to keep from becoming suicidal at that time. And, but there was always a part of me that was somewhat present and trying to come forth. And I even remember when I was 18 years old, or maybe 17 or 18, I went to my mother, and I'll, I'll never forget this. I walked in, and I said, Mom, have I ever been raped? And my mother's response was to shut me down. She became very angry and very upset that I had asked that question. Of course, because my family was very traumatized. My family had a very traumatic lineage as well. And so I had threatened her safety, so to speak, about speaking about something. And so I was immediately shut down and thought, of course, I thought, oh, I must be crazy. You know, this something must be crazy in me that I'm, that I'm asking my mother this question and she's yelling at me. And so at that point, it was always in the back of my awareness that something was happening, but I couldn't bring it quite yet to the forefront until the day that I met my teacher. I was 22 years old, and by this time, I had been abused in the cult, and after the cult time, after 15, age 15 until age about 21, I had many subsequent rapes. I was a walking target. I was dissociative. I had the signature of sexual abuse all through my being and energy field. I was a walking victim. And perpetrators are very good at reading body language, dissociation, and people who have this in their field. And I then incurred many more attacks and rapes until I met my teacher. And fortunately, it was destiny, and I was graced with meeting a magnificent shaman and mystic when I was 22. And the day that I, that I met my teacher, I was taken there by friends because I was very sick. I had so many diseases by this time in my body. I was disabled with a spinal disability and incredible neurological pain that the medical community could not figure out. I had had every test and lab and doctor, the world-renowned world doctors 
you know, try to find out what was happening with me and nothing ever showed up. And this is how I arrived at my teacher's doorstep. And the way okay, that the memories I'm just gonna came. I'm going to jump in real yeah. quick. I yeah. think that this is such a huge key. So um, I myself have similar issues where, you know, like mysterious illnesses. I know many of my clients do, my spouse who've endured strange trauma or hidden trauma have these sort of, which a lot of people think are like, um, you know, like made up diseases or something. And, and we often think that too, like, what is it about me? Why am I different? Why do I, why am I suffering from these mysterious um, issues, but they're traumatizing, right? I mean, they're completely debilitating. And how did, did, were you looking for a teacher? Were you looking for just an alternative cure? Or like, how did your friends bring you to that teacher? What was that moment like? I, at that moment that I had tried everything and I was in such excruciating physical and emotional pain, I said to, to source, to God, I said, I have to heal myself. I recognize that I have to heal myself. Show me the way. Show me how to do this. And at that time period, right after putting this prayer forth, I met a new friend, a gentleman, who ended up sort of recommending that I see this mystic and shaman, and that's how I arrived there. Mm. And at that point, were you still in the church, or had you left? I had left, yes. I, I left the church around my late teens. I was very little there any longer, and I, I pretty much left my home by the time I was almost 18, just about 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so your friends bring you to this mystic, this healer, and, and what happened? So I walk in the door, and I, I sit down to have a channeling session with this shaman and this incredible spirit guide comes through my teacher. And in the moment that the spirit being comes through my teacher and begins to speak to me and greet me, I, for the first time in 22 years, start entering my body. My spirit begins to enter my body. And I start shaking uncontrollably, convulsing, sobbing, sweating. And this went on. The whole, the whole time, the whole session. And I entered my body. And I began to ask the guide, what is causing this horrible disability and pain that I am experiencing? And the guide said to me that, I, that you, Isa, you know what this is. It's time to remember. Trust your memories. And then I proceeded to say to the guide, it is the sexual abuse, right? I was sexually abused. And the guide 
concurred, you know, that I could trust myself. And that was the beginning of a very long period of me having flashbacks and being flooded with what I would call somatic memories and cognitive memories. It's so reassuring to hear your story because um, for those of you who've been listening to my podcast know a bit about my story and it's quite similar. And honestly, I thought I was one. and, and I'm finding the more that I've shared my story that this is the story of many women. Um, and what's so boggling to me is, is how memory works. So like how, how we block it out because it was similar for me. Like I, um, I had a whole physical shaking sensation and then which I called my Kundalini awakening because it was just this full um, electrifying um, body experience um, where I was meeting God, but then it was flooded with flashbacks for years and no way to find um, proof of that. So how did you like, cope so all these memories are coming back to you and this is all happening during this one channeling session or i imagine this went on for for many years for you yes it it began in the channeling session and i would say that the flashbacks continued and to this day i still have brand new flashbacks that i've never had before and, and do you I, see it like memory just like coming back? Because I've, for me, I've noticed like when I start um, going deep into my tissue or deep into my healing, I unlock things that have emotions and this whole somatic experience happens where, you know, I'll either shake or cry or I see images. Um, and I've, I've always questioned like, is, is this main? Is this collective? It, it, like, so how did you make sense of all of that? Like, what was your process? Well, fortunately, at the time, I had met my teacher, and I immediately began that day, literally, uh, a seven-year apprenticeship with her to have assistance to hone my skills and to, to do this work, you know, I had the support of her as a healer and also other healers on the ground and people that came forth. There was uh, a great uh, male healer that also came forth who ended up being a very dear friend of mine for the last 30 years. And he and his men's group also provided profound healing and holding space for me during that time. I could not have done it alone. Oh, wow. It wow, was that's really so the powerful. support of a community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're really lucky with that. I, I have been doing most of my work alone and then had different um, healers come in like yourself who've helped me like with the next little piece. But wow, to have like a teacher and a masculine presence to go through that. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, they, like that's deep. That's so powerful. 
Yeah, the men's group led by my my um, friend and healer, they led, I created several rituals, actually shamanic rituals in my 20s to heal the abuse, to release the memories from my body. And they held space for me during that time. It was really amazing. It was such a gift because in my past as a child, I had been abused in groups of men. And then as an adult woman, here I was being blessed with the protection of amazing men. It was such a healing. Wow. Wow. I'm just imagining like if all of us who've had that experience could experience that level of healing, like with conscious men holding space to help you repattern. Wow. What a blessing, Isa. What a blessing. Whew. Okay, let's just take a deep breath because that's like <laughs> I can feel myself like rearranging. It's almost like your healing just um, not, not transferred. That's not the right word, but it's like in seeing how that healed your system and the effects of that just gave the possibility to my whole system. So that's wow, right. I'm sure for all of those listening as well. So we are going to continue this conversation in the next um, podcast. So stay tuned for the next um, episode with Isa, where we're going to be continuing her journey and great um, collective journey we're all in together and healing trauma. Thank you, Isa. Thank you, Amalia. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you'd like to contact us and stay in touch with us, you can find us at lovesexagenda.com. That's lovesexagenda.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Love Sex and the Hidden Agenda.